thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. I, for the past almost two years, June will be two years, have been on assignment at our Car Street campus. So we're one church, two locations, and my wife and I went to the Car Street campus in June of 2014, and uh, it has been a journey. Like any journey any of us go on, it has been a journey. Um, And I have learned so much. You know, sometimes you think you're in this walk for a while and you've learned it all. No, you haven't. Isn't that true? The longer you're in this walk, the more you realize you have a lot to learn. But, but I want to tell you something related to these gifts that I'm, I'm giving God thanks for. I'm giving God thanks for them publicly because we've been teaching on the manifestation gifts here. And, and what, what I've been uh, assigned to do at Car Street is just uh, share the love and the compassion of Jesus with people that need it, just like all of us would be called to do. And I have seen over the last two weeks some very significant things happen at Car Street. And I want to tell you about those because it relates to what we're talking about. I was thinking about this as I was meditating on uh, the message today. Before tonight, I was thinking that in the past two weeks, we have seen six of the nine manifestation gifts at Car Street. We we have seen six of them. So two weeks ago... uh, was the 14th two weeks ago here? Yes, it was. Two weeks ago on Wednesday, um, I preached on the uh, manifestation gift of discerning of spirits. And then on that Sunday at, at Car Street, the grace of God just showed up in this kind, kind way. And that, that's all I know to say. And, and it started with um, just an openness to what God wanted to do. And, and a lady came forward for prayer. And as this lady was prayed for, she came forward for something that she thought was specific for someone else. And when she came forward for prayer, she was prayed for for that, but then uh, the discerning of spirits was working through the person that was praying and, uh, and began to speak to this person. This person began to minister to this woman that had been holding on to something for years, literally years. And so as he laid his hands on her, she fell. Over, She was caught, but she was laid over on the floor, and it was as the service was in process. So that when people have not seen that is something that needs to be explained. So I made a commitment when I went to Car Street two years ago that as we begin to see the demonstration of the gifts of the Spirit, I was going to do a couple things. I was going to each time point it out from the Scriptures. What does the Bible say about what we just experienced? And then how do we operate and what do we learn from what we've experienced? So as this woman was being ministered to, God was doing other things, and for the first time since I've been at Car Street, we had a tongue and then an interpretation of tongues. So the tongue came, and then I came up, and I explained that the Bible says that when there's a tongue, there needs to be an interpretation of a tongue, and we waited. And and let me tell you why I'm telling you this. There's something very important about waiting on the Lord. You don't just jam God into what you're doing and say, do it now. There, there has to be this waiting and, and allowing the moving of God's Spirit. And so uh, sometimes there can be an, a little bit of an awkward feel when you do, do that. So I said, we are going to wait until there's an interpretation. 
And I waited for 30 or 45 seconds. When people are waiting 30 or 45 seconds, that can seem like forever. It's that awkward moment when you're thinking, is he getting embarrassed? Is something weird? How many of you know what I'm talking about? So I waited, and then there was this beautiful, beautiful interpretation of that tongue that was a prophecy. So we're seeing, we saw a tongue, an interpretation, and a, and a prophecy in, in just a short amount of time. And the, the next Sunday, so that was the 17th, on the 24th, the woman who had, had been ministered to, when she walked in the following Sunday, she looked different to me. Her countenance was different. And I said to her, I said, would you mind if I just did a short interview with you? Because I want, I want you to testify about what happened because I was going to walk the congregation through what we had experienced the week before. And she came up and, and she, she does not like to speak publicly. So that's why I said, could I interview? I, I handed her the microphone and for the next four minutes, it was the most articulate thing you can even imagine. She, she began to share how how she had been holding on to all of these things. And when she was on the floor and somebody was praying for her, she described this. She said, I felt like I did a thousand crunches this week. She said, I felt like God just, that, that things were just pulled, things just were released out of my life as people were laying hands on me. The gift of faith was being manifest. They, they, they laid hands on her and, and God ministered to her in the gift of faith. Was, was experienced. I had a lady come up to me right after that testimony and say, can I testify? I didn't even preach that Sunday. And I had a lady come up to me and, say, and said, can I testify of a miracle? And I said, yes, what happened? And she told me. And she got up and she grabbed the microphone and she said, uh, when I came in today, I couldn't lift my arm. And she said, I came forward and as I came forward, somebody laid hands on me and God healed me miraculously. In that moment, God healed her miraculously. Here's why I'm telling you that. Here's what I've seen the last couple weeks. Now, I'm not telling you this to say come to Car Street. That's not what I'm saying. Don't come to Car Street. Stay here. It's where you're supposed to be. Be here. I'm, I, I'm, I sense faith rising. There, there is something that happens when you get into God's Word and you really begin to do a couple things that are very practical. First of all, you have to step up. I said this two weeks ago. You have to step up and you have to say, God, if they're from you, I want them. And you have to step up. Then you have to be willing to step into the gifts. There is no activation of the gifts of God's Spirit without cooperation. It is not going to happen. God is not going to manipulate you into using His gifts. So there's got to be cooperation. And then you have to step out. And you have to realize that those gifts are not just for you. They're for other people. They're, they're for the edification of the body of Christ. So I, I said all that. That's a super long introduction. But I say that because I'm, I'm humbled by what I'm seeing God do. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it has nothing to do with me. It is a move and it's a wave of the Spirit of God. That's what it is. Anytime a man tries to take credit for what God's doing, there's going to be a big problem. Would you agree? Yes. So, so let's see what the Bible says about prophecy and see what we can learn. Are you with me? Say, I'm with you. Okay, here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. Boy, if we, 
just paused right there and thought about what does that look like in our real world to help each other. What would the world look like if we just were bent, determined just to live to help one another? To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. That's word of wisdom, word of knowledge. To the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides who gets the gifts, and each person gets which ones. I paraphrase that because I needed to get a drink of water, but it's on your outline. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So I want you to just think as we dive into this for a minute and, and as we talk about prophecy, I want you to do an inventory in your mind. Has there been a time when you've moved in the gift of prophecy and you didn't even know it? I would say I am almost 100% certain every one of you have. I, I am pretty confident of that. Now, it, it, the strange thing is that oftentimes we don't even know. That, that's, why there's, that, that's why there's power with knowledge. When we know what the Word says and the Word identifies what it is that we're stepping into, uh, then we can identify that. So as a quick review, we decided we were going to break down these gifts into three categories. We were going to speak about gifts of revelation which is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those we have talked about. The next category were the gifts of inspiration. So these are gifts that inspire or speak to people. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. That Pastor Mike taught on that last week. And this week I'm going to speak on prophecy. And then in the next couple weeks we're going to speak on faith, healing, and miracles. I said this a couple weeks ago and I want to repeat it because I think it's important. There can be no healthy function, this is not on your notes, there can be no healthy function or flow of God's gifts where they are despised, neglected, or abused. Let me say that again. There can be no healthy function, flow of God's gifts where they are despised, neglected, or abused. There are countless thousands of people today that are not moving in the gifts of the Spirit because they've experienced one, two, or maybe all three of these things. Maybe they were in a place where the gifts were despised. The first thing people told you when you went into the church is, oh, we don't do the gift thing here. We don't, we don't do that gift thing in this place. And so the, the gifts were actually despised. I want you to imagine the Holy Spirit of God who lives inside of us, who has these gifts that He wants to freely give to His people, and they're despised by those people. How, how can that function and how can that flow? Or they're neglected. And, and they could be neglected for many reasons. Maybe they're neglected be, through ignorance or abused. Or abused. You can find every one of those cases in Scripture. You can find where they were despised, where they were neglected, and where they were abused. 
So I just want us to dive in and, and just really try to speak specifically to what does the Bible say about this gift of prophecy? And what is its purpose in the church? And what is its purpose outside of the four walls of the church? What is its purpose in my life? And, and what does God intend for it to do? So by definition, on your outline, here is what prophecy is. It is a vehicle of God's communication to people and to the church. It's God's communication to the church, and it is a divinely inspired utterance or revelation. That, that word divinely is important. So it's, it's God's heart and it's God's desire to speak something. We become the vehicle, and it's God's desire to speak something from His heart through us to someone else. It's divinely inspired. So again, it comes, back, it comes down to this willingness to say, I'm going to cooperate, Lord, with what you want to do in my life. Let me just take just a minute and, and just try to distinguish the difference between prophecy and the, and the prophet. There's a difference between the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that God gave gifts to the church. He gave to the church the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That's an office gift that God has given to the church, meaning the body of Christ, to operate and to serve God's purposes and the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the office of prophet. I'm talking about the gift of prophecy, the one that is found in the, in the letter to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 12 and then 1 Corinthians 14. So let's just kind of walk through this and, and find out what the Bible says about this gift called prophecy. So number one on your outline, write this in, please. The gift of prophecy is to be waited on. I just mentioned that. It's to be waited on. It is a gift that allows God to speak to man supernaturally. So what I did when I came to Car Street a couple years ago and, and there has to be cooperation in, in every area. There has to be cooperation. God says, where two or more are gathered, I'm in their midst. So that means God is here, right? Say right. So God shows up when two or more are gathered. But there has to be a, and I've been using this term at Car Street recently, there has to be this desire to host the Lord. It's as if you are opening your home and you're inviting someone into your home and you're hosting them. So when you host someone, there's a preparation. You are preparing your home to host someone. So there has to be a preparation in the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then there has to be a preparation in the setting. And so it's important that we understand that for this gift to flow, the gift of prophecy, there has to be a waiting on the Lord. We come in and we enter into worship and, and we, we begin to remind ourselves through worship who God really is, that God is all He says He is, that He does what He says He does, and He, and he is who He is, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so there's this waiting on the Lord, and then there's this allowing God to speak supernaturally. Now, you can't force it, and it's not going to happen every time, but when God wants to do that, He has to be given room to do it. It would look like this if we, if we were just trying to be practical about it. If you've got a, a four-song worship set and the worship leader just goes boom, 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 no pause, 
No, no reflection, no, no allowing things to slow down enough for the Lord to speak. How is the Lord going to speak? I mean, really, just in a practical way, how can it happen? It cannot happen. If, if the pastor then gets up and is not sensitive, what, what Pastor Mike did as he led us through that pastoral moment is, is being sensitive to the Lord in worship and then coming up with a prophecy. That's what it is because by, pro, by definition, prophecy is a word of encouragement or exhortation that flowed in our midst. So there was a waiting. Brandon, Annie waited. The music paused. Mike came up. He spoke, and so there, there's this flow. So we need to understand that with the gifts, all of the gifts, there, there, there needs to be a waiting. In other words, we've, we've got to develop some patience that if, if God wants to work, we have to allow Him to work. Here's what Paul continues to say in the same letter, starting in chapter 14, verse 1. He says, let love be your highest goal. Uh, boy, that's a lofty aspiration. Would you agree? Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. I wonder why God would say that. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be all mysterious. But the one who prophesies... Now listen to these words. The one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you would all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So remember, in the context of the letter to the church at Corinth, it was an immature church that was fleshly, learning, growing, navigating through the things of God. And, and Paul shows up and says, listen, there's this operation of the Spirit of God moving and working in the lives of believers, but there has to be a cooperation. There has to be a listening, there has to be a partnership, and there has to be a cooperation. And then there has to be some, some specifics attached to that. So I have some bullet points on your outline just related to what we just read concerning the gift of prophecy. And the first one is, Desire to prophesy. Do you desire to prophesy? Paul says we should desire to prophesy. Now, you can prophesy to your mate. You can prophesy to your children. You can prophesy to your coworkers because it is a word of encouragement or exhortation. I think as time goes on in my life, here's what I've learned. I've learned that there has to be a caution between what would be considered flattery and what would be considered encouragement or exhortation. And to me, is the, the boundaries and the guidelines are the Word of God. The boundaries and the guidelines are the Word of God. So if you are desiring prophecy, which is encouragement and exhortation, the boundaries, like with everything else, must be inside the confines of the Scripture. God is not going to operate a gift. And I said this two weeks ago with discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is not witchcraft. It is not, it is not a gift used to manipulate people. Now, if it's abused, it will manipulate people. If the gift of prophecy is abused, and maybe it's abused through flattery, then it comes outside of the bounds of Scripture. So the Bible says that we 
should desire to prophesy. I, I wrote a question on my outline just earlier this afternoon. Why do we not see the gifts operating? That, that would be a question I would want to ask. I'm not saying we're not seeing them, but in any setting, whether it be here or any, anywhere else, why would we not see the gifts operating? Here's the, here, here's the thought that I had. The gifts oftentimes are not operating in the midst of the body of Christ because they are not stirred up within us. We have to stir the gifts up. The gifts get stirred up by desire. Think about how desire motivates you to do anything. When you have a desire to do something, you do it, right? You, you have a desire to go achieve something or accomplish a goal or get somewhere or buy something or pick something up. There's, there's, it, you're motivated by that desire. In other words, there's something that's stirred up on the inside of you. What, what has to be coupled with, with the seeing of the gifts of God's Spirit is there has to be a stirring up. Here's what we know to be true. You have the gifts in you. Look at the person next to you and say you have them. Say it like you mean it. You have the gifts in you because the Bible says you do. So you have the gifts in you. So if the gifts are there, you should desire them, and you desire them by stirring them up. Talk to yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. I am a child of God. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of me, and I desire to prophesy. I, I had an opportunity to prophesy today at a meeting that I had. Somebody leaving staff um, at Youth with a Mission and asked me if I would have a cup of coffee. And I just felt prompted to say something to this person. And the person began to just weep um, and said it was exactly what I needed to hear. And, and when I was walking over there to the coffee shop, I, I just said, Lord, let me be an encouragement. Let me be a blessing. I, I want to be a blessing. Let me be a blessing. And so I've just desiring to be a blessing. If, if you begin to desire the gifts of God's Spirit, they're going to flow through us. The next one is this. Prophecy is a gift used for speaking to people to encourage them. I've said that. It's a gift used for speaking to people to encourage them. How many of you in this room have been a recipient of a prophecy, a word of encouragement or a word of exhortation? Don't over-spiritualize it. How many of you have been encouraged or edified in this room. Is that not life-giving? Think how life-giving a thing is that when you know that it's not flattery, but somebody says something to you that builds you up. It can change the course of your day. And who knows you better than the Holy Spirit? Who knows them better than the Holy Spirit? And God says, if you'll desire, if you'll stir up the gifts within you, and if you'll cooperate with me, I'll do what I want to do. And, and so as I was watching this happen a couple weeks ago at Car Street, the lady came up to me last Sunday. And she said this to me just as humbly. She said, you know, sometimes when you get among the sheep, you start stinking like the sheep. She said that to me. But then she said this to me. She said, because... We're allowed to stink in this place. And I knew what she was saying. Because we're allowed to stink in this place, we feel safe. What she meant by that was just allowed to be who she is. 
allowed to be who she was, not coming into church with the masks on, and, and, but just authentically being who she was and then allowing God to stir up a desire. And then, and then if we just get out of the way, look out what God's going to do, right? I mean, what God can really do. The next one is prophecy is to build up the church or to strengthen the church. So it's not only to speak to people to encourage them, but according to what we just read in 1 Corinthians, it's to build up and strengthen the church. The best thing that a community can have is a strong church. If the, if the church is strong, the community can be healthy. That, that's, I, I drive around Car Street and I'm, I'm driving around and I'm driving through the neighborhoods and I'm saying, God, please let us be a blessing in this community. Please let us just, just lavish the love of Jesus on the people that we get to be around and let the community be better because we're here. Let the community thrive and be healthy and, and, and people come into all that they have. I had a lady come up to me two weeks ago and she said, God gave me a vision months ago. And she said, I haven't been able to share it until now. But she said, God wants a business in this community. And it's a business that's going to bring dignity back to the men of this community. And it's a business that's going to bring dignity to the men because they're going to be able to be employed. And they're going to be able to provide for their families. And I thought, Lord, thank you for stirring up the gifts in people. They're praying and they're, and they're believing you for things and they're believing you for what the Bible says. Listen, the church was birthed so it could change the world. Right? 2,000 years ago, the church was birthed so it could change the world, and God knew we couldn't do it in our own strength. So he said, I'll just empower you with myself, the Spirit of God, and not only will I empower you with myself, I'm going I'm to infuse you with this gift set that is going to revolutionize your life and everywhere you go. So the gift of prophecy is to strengthen and build up the church. Not so we isolate or insulate ourselves, but so that we get out there and we impact the world that we live in. So Paul goes on to say in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. We just read that prophecy builds up the church. So the Bible says excel in the gift of prophecy because it will build up the church. What is the church? The church is you and I. It's not this building. So when we excel in the gift of prophecy and somebody prophesies, somebody speaks a word of encouragement or exhortation to you and it builds you up, it gives you the ability to build others up. And, and we live in a world where people need to be built up. We live in a world today where people are being torn down. They're being torn down in their own homes. Isn't that true? Torn down in their own homes. What would it be like if we were flowing fluidly in the gifts of God's Spirit, in the gifts of prophecy? I wrote this on my outline, and it's not in yours, but the enemy is always the master of counterfeit. And I, this is not mine. I read this somewhere and wrote it down. Some brilliant person probably came up with it some time ago. But here's what I wrote down on my outline. If you have the Spirit without the Word, you'll blow up. If you have the Word without the Spirit, you will dry up. If you have both, you will grow up. If you have the Spirit without the Word, you'll blow up. If you have the Word without the Spirit, you will dry up. If you have both, you will grow up. There has to be this harmony of the Word of God 
being rooted and grounded in the Word, being fully rooted and grounded in the Word. The Bible says in the last days people are going to be led astray. The only way we're not going to be led astray is if we know the Word for ourselves. So we need to be rooted and grounded in the Word, and then we need to let the Spirit of God flow. When you're rooted and grounded in the Word and somebody shows up with a gift and it becomes a camouflage or a counterfeit of the master counterfeiter, you will know it in a moment. You will know it, you will discern it, and you'll, you'll sense it immediately. I, I have had that happen to me, and you have too. And, and there's wolves in sheep's clothing. So we shouldn't be afraid of it, but we, we need to balance the strength of knowing what the Bible says. That's why we're teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Know what the Bible says about the gifts of the Spirit for you, and then stir it up. Desire it, stir it up, step into that, step out, and step up. Say, God, I want those gifts flowing in my life. So number two is this. Number one is the gift needs to be waited on, and God speaks to man supernaturally. Number two is prophecy convicts the unbelievers. According to the Bible, prophecy convicts an unbeliever. What's an unbeliever? Somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Somebody that doesn't know Christ. You know, sometimes I've had this thought come through my mind. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've had this thought come through my mind a time or two. What happens if somebody comes in and they're a new believer and they see the gifts of the Spirit? Oh, will they get worried? Will they get scared? Will they not come back? They'll think, oh, that's a goofy church. I've had those thoughts come into my I know where those thoughts come from. I, I want God to move by His Spirit in our midst. But prophecy convicts an unbeliever. So according to the Word, which is in 1 Corinthians 14, 24, if you are all prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly among you. So when the gift of prophecy, let's say there's 200 people in here, and let's say five people don't know God. Doesn't mean he doesn't love them, but they're not in relationship with God. According to Scripture, if a prophecy is allowed to flow in your midst, it can convict that unbeliever. What if that prophecy is the heart of God for that unbeliever? I promise you that happened to me the very first time I came to this church. It happened to me, and I was down at the front row thinking, how did I even get down here? Why am I even down here? I didn't even know why I was down there. But the Spirit of God was speaking and, and drawing me and convicting me. And the Bible says prophecy will do that. So we, should, we need to, again, we need to cooperate. We need to make room for that to happen. I think God cares about people. He wants people to come to know Him. And so there, there needs to be this willingness to let prophecy convict unbelievers. So we should let it flow. What if it's that very thing that's going to tell somebody, don't do that terrible, terrible thing that you were going to do. Don't take your own life. Prophecy is, I'm the giver of life. And I care about every single person and I love you. And I died for you and I gave my life for you. Can you imagine somebody hearing that who is contemplating taking their own life? And all of a sudden they think, have you ever been in a service where you felt like God was talking just to you? 
How many of you have ever thought that? You walk in, you think, oh my gosh, did, did that person read my mail? That message was just for me. Prophecy does that. It can do that in your own home. Answer this question in your own mind. How willing are you to experiment with the gifts of God? How willing are you to experiment? How willing are you to get out there and that, that Sunday two weeks ago where I didn't preach, there were some awkward pauses in the service. There were just some, what I, what I felt like as a person that wants things to flow, felt like it was a little bit awkward, but I just said, I'm going to let it be awkward because I knew, that, I knew that courage needed to rise in some people for that to happen. So I just let that, just that moment of awkwardness come and then somebody walked up to me and said, I have a tongue. We, have ne- we had never had one at Car Street. Something broke in the spirit. Something happened in the spirit, but, but there had to be this, this willingness for that person to say, God, I feel like you're talking to me. I feel like you're telling me that I have a tongue. I feel like you're telling me that I have a prophecy. I feel like the f- gift of faith is rising up in me. I feel like the gift of healing is rising up in me. I feel like the gift of miracles is rising up in me. And I'm going to come in agreement with somebody and I'm going to see you move on behalf of what is your will for them. That's the Bible. Right? Is that, is that the Bible, yes or no? Okay, then we better be living it and we better be believing it. I'm, I'm, just so, I'm just so thankful for what I'm seeing God do in my life. Because, you know, you can get to the place where you think you have God figured out. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just, you just realize you just don't have God figured out. Prophecy convicts believers too. <laughs> Prophecy will convict a believer. It'll convict an unbeliever, but it will convict a believer too. And I'm glad for conviction. Not condemnation. And, and I want to just say this to you with, with all of the gifts that we're talking about. You know, the time is really going kind of slow tonight. I actually feel good about that. I'm looking at the clock thinking, it's only 20 to 8. I got lots of time. Don't say anything. Just let me take a drink. I, let me just pause a minute. Can I just look at you for just a minute and take a drink? And Roger, I'm so glad you're back. That's my riding buddy. He's finally back in town, and I get to follow him all summer up mountains now. Yes, I said follow him. That's what I do all the time. But he's very kind. He slows down. and I'll be in trouble just for saying this. Let me just tell you, I'm going to be in trouble for saying this. There's got to be, there's got to be place for God to do what he says he wants to do. And there's got to be a hunger. There's got to be a hunger that begins to stir on the inside of us. And in the last six months at Car Street, if I'm being real honest with you, the last six months at Car Street, I've said, I don't don't have what it takes, God. I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. And the good news is I don't have to have what it takes. (laughs) Such a help to me (laughs) to know that I don't have to have what it takes. I just have to rely on the one that does have what it takes. And, and it's just different when you, when you have a mind shift like that. 
And I want us as a church to have a mind shift like that. I want us to have a, I want to see the gifts of God moving and flowing in our services, signs, wonders, and miracles. We're not going to chase them, but I want to see them moving in our midst. And I want to see people healed, and I want to see people delivered, and I want to pe see people set free because that's what God desires. So number three concerning prophecy. Prophecy must be demonstrated in order and with love. Important. So not only do it, does it need to be waited on, not only does it convict unbelievers, but it must be demonstrated in order. God is not the author of confusion. We're not talking about letting goofy run rampant in services. That is not what we're talking about. Prophecy must be demonstrated in order and with love. Here's what Paul continues to say. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. If someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In other words, it's talking about a flow and an order here. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. In other words, there can be more than one prophecy in a service or in a gathering. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit. Super important. And can take turns. If you hear somebody say, I can't control it, that is not biblical. I'm flowing in the gifts of God and I can't control it. Well, you're not flowing in the gifts. That is not biblical. The Bible says you can control it. I have had to stop people in services. And I'm, I never will embarrass somebody. Never will I embarrass somebody. I will stop something and I will bring correction later. I will not bring it publicly unless it's completely out of order. But, but there's a place and there's a time for that and that may have to happen. But if you create an atmosphere of love and acceptance and you create boundaries just like you do in your home with your children or anybody else and you say, this is a safe place to learn and experience. This is a safe place to grow. If you say that in the church, this is a safe place to learn and grow. This is a safe place to experience. If you say that in the church and then you hold to it, God will be able to move within those boundaries. And then when you get outside of the boundaries, just like you do with a child, you just love them right back into the boundaries, right? And that's exactly what the Bible is saying here. So it has to be demonstrated in order and with love. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So if you go to a meeting... And you see things out of order. And here's what I'm going to tell you. When the Spirit of God lives in you, you're going to know in a moment if something's out of order. Isn't it true? You're just going to sense in your spirit something is not right here. You, you might not be able to put your finger on exactly what it is, but you're going to know as a Spirit-filled believer when something is out of order. You're going to sense it in your spirit. And so you walk into a place and that is happening, then the leader better get a grip. The, the leader better get a grip and bring that thing into order and lovingly bring it into order because if you do that, then you create this atmosphere of health and confidence for people. One of the greatest things that you can give to a child is confidence, right? You give them confidence to try something and, and, and if they don't get it right, you, get, you, you let them do it again and again and again and build confidence. I don't think it's any different with the gifts. I really don't think it's any different. We have to grow in the body of Christ, if I had a DVD of what I was like when I came to this church at 20 years old, 21 years old, I would be embarrassed for you to see it. 
because I was not a good guy. <laughs> we were talking a little bit about that at lunchtime today. Some of the shenanigans and some of the things and some of the things that I had to learn and grow through. How many of you same? You know what I'm talking about. Grow through some of those things. Living at the student residence, I'm fortunate I survived that or others survived me living there. Really, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. It was so there has to be an order to the gifts. And, and the person that is stewarding the service needs to have the confidence to allow that to happen. And again, it, it is all a growing thing. What I love about Faith Bible Chapel is this is a place where that can happen. This is a place where that is allowed to happen. This is a place where that has been championed from day one. This is a place where the Spirit of God is allowed to flow. Aren't you glad for that? I believe this with all my heart, and I'm not just saying this to fill air. God is doing something. I sense it. I feel it. I sense it. I feel it at Car Street. I sense it, and I feel it. God is, something is getting ready to happen. I, I just really believe that something is getting ready to, be ha- ready to happen, and I want to get out of the way so God can do it, and I want to let others be involved. I can't tell you how good it felt for me two weeks ago as a pastor to watch the church be the church and me step back. There was something, there was something very, there was something very uh, filling for me to be able to step back and watch a flow. There was a flow and an order. It didn't get out of order, but there was a flow and an order of, of somebody coming up and giving a word and somebody praying and somebody leading us into communion and just this beautiful flow of God's Spirit working. And I, I thought, wow, it just it made me, I thought, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness to us. So, so remember now as we're talking about these gifts that all of these things are important, the demonstration of these things in order and then with love. And then, and then finally, uh, let me just give you this last one concerning prophecy. The last one is this, number four. A prophecy is to be tested by the Word of God. A prophecy is to be tested by the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes this, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. So not to scoff at prophecies, to test them. So how do we test them? We hear them, we hear them, and then we discern whether or not they line up with Scripture. I have had to one time since I've been at Car Street, in the two years, I've had to bring uh, a, a bit of correction to a prophecy that was given because it started out as a, as a, as a good prophecy, but then, then the nerves, it was the nerves, I, I know it, it was the nerves of the person. The person got nervous. All of a sudden, the, the person's prophesying, and then they started getting nervous, and then instead of just allowing it to end, they, they just got nervous and they kept going, and, and then it just it shifted a little bit. And... It was all handled in decency and order and without embarrassing. And uh, it wasn't that it was not scriptural. It was just the flesh got in. The flesh ever get in with you? Anybody the flesh get in when you were driving somewhere today? Happened to me coming to church. Somebody pulled in front of me and slowed down. And I'm looking, I drive by the sign, the sign says 45, and I'm doing 25. And I, I started talking to her. I said, Oh, I'm being transparent here. I started talking to her and I said, I said, lady, you just drove by that sign 
And it says 45 and you're driving 25 and I'm having to follow you. Of course, she doesn't hear me. She's in front of me. But I'm having this conversation with her because I just got in the flesh a little bit and I'm on my way to church. We get in the flesh a little bit. You don't, I, I do sometimes. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.